With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new season, first Live for Birds pod for 21-22. Um, very excited to be back. And we're very excited to talk about the upcoming season and a few things as well. So uh, welcome my regular contributors, uh, Molly, Amy, Kate and Randy. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, ladies. Are we all well? Good morning. And yes. Good afternoon. (laughs) Good evening. Thank Thank you. We are global as usual, so um, it's fantastic to have everybody back together. Um, so let's kick off. Um, so the the first thing I think we wanted to talk about this time round was um, the beautiful sight, if I may say, of seeing Joel, Joe and Verge stepping back on the pitch for us. Um, in a Liverpool shirt. It's been a very, very, very long uh, nine, ten months, I guess, for some of them in terms of the the injuries that they uh, suffered. But I have been living for the pre-season content and just the smiles on their faces. So, um, Molly, let me start with you. Um, How big was your smile to see them pulling the red shirt back on again? I think it was as big as Virgil's when he came on. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, thank fuck. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, really it. Because oh, it's, so, it's so, so important. Um, and to kind of have all three in contention, touch wood, for the start of the season. Uh, and also to get in the pre-season games as well, not to come in uh, green, as it were, uh, straight to start of the season. The fact that they get, they're being allowed time to come in really, really slowly. Just, I think Klopp said, I think he taught, I think he was talking about Virgil. He said he knew the plan. He knew it was only going to be a few minutes. You know, he knew what we were going for. And then he asked for more minutes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that the, you know, they're being brought in slowly ready during the pre-season so fingers crossed um you know we might not be full strength um by the first game that is very very soon however it's just it's so so important because like you know we've talked about god knows how many times last season um with each other it's not just your one defensive player it was basically all of them um but now they're all back um and maybe maybe who knows might be a little bit more relaxing when we watch them (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I mean amy kate let me ask you because 
because of the nature of the injuries, particularly to um, Verge and to Joe Gomez, um, uh, are you expecting them to to sort of be be coming back, you know, at at full pelt as it was? Because I guess that's got to be a bit of a worry for us in terms of, or or maybe to to temper our expectations, maybe that they may not be coming back, you know, full on as the way they were playing before they got injured. I would expect them to ease it back in because you don't want to re-injure yourself, you know, and and have a major setback after everything that happened. And um, but at least the first two fixtures are are. You know, not that you want to take any of them for granted or think that, you know, they're not as good, but um, you just you just want to ease your way back into it so that you can be at full strength and, and not um, re-injure yourself. So I, I think that they'll they'll um, only have, you know, a few minutes in, maybe 30 minutes. Um, you know, only Klopp and the staff know exactly how they're going to do this, but whatever whatever they decide, I know it's the right decision. Randy, um, I don't know if you picked up that um, after the pre-season game against um, Hertha Berlin, um, that there was a whole load of stuff, uh, I think, from uh, other uh, clubs' fans um, after sort of Verge like caught his toe, I think, in the turf or something and slipped when they had the chance, I think, to go 3-2 up, or maybe it was 4-2 up, I'm not 100% sure. Um, and the, the, all of this stuff started appearing around it. And I think I think that's a, a well, I guess let me ask you, is that not a measure of the, the status that, that Van Dyke has, that, you know, other team supporters are commenting on his a slip he made in a preseason <laughs> I know, I know. It's really interesting because, uh, well, first of all, we were all a bit shocked because that is like Virgil's signature, isn't it? It's uh, run alongside them, figure out exactly when to attack and just get that ball out of the way. So this is what he does. Um, and um, so, and secondly, it's like, how come they were watching our preseason games? I mean, I'm not exactly watching Man United. So I think that's very interesting all of it and when they got a chance they can um, they can mob him for not being the perfect uh, guy that he actually is you know so it is really really interesting so well let them have their fun because for us thank god his stumble was in the preseason and not in the first or second match of the real season so he'll be back that was just a little reminder i think to all of us how how good he's been since this is something he never does <laughs> no and and i think yeah i think it's a very good point you make around you know other fans potentially watching or or looking at highlights of our pre-season friendly yeah. not seeing a minute of any other team's pre-season friendly nor <laughs> am i interested in it <laughs> exactly um, so so i do i do think that's quite amusing um, but seeing as seeing as we're talking about the the defence and and just one last thing before we kind of move on to sort of transfer stuff, I guess, is um, uh, the 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 sort of bromance, I guess, or or whatever it is that's going on between Virgil and Joel Matip with the <laughs> I'm just I am also loving that. 
Um, the fact that, you know, Virgil came in wearing a Matip T-shirt and now Matip's got a T-shirt, a Virgil, <laughs> a Joel T-shirt. This, this becomes sort of, what, what's the, I can't think what the term is. It, it just becomes sort of self-prophesizing or something. Um, it just becomes T-shirt after T-shirt after T-shirt to, to infinity. This is potentially where we get to. Oh, it's I think so it nice started, do you follow? Do you follow No Context Joel Matic on Twitter? Follow. I do follow yeah. No Context. I think that's where it started because I think the original T-shirt was from that. I think Virgil follows No Context Joel Matic or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> and that's oh. probably is if you don't follow it, it's possibly one of my best Twitter pages. It's the funniest. It's brilliant. But I think that's where it started, which is even better than them just being really good friends, I think. Like it's <laughs> It is. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's really, really good. I love it. Um, so seeing as we are talking about the defense, um let's let's move on to sort of transfers. So we did a bit of business very early. Uh, when we announced uh, Ibrahima Kanate, uh, who joined us on the 1st of July from uh, Leipzig. Um, and may, may I say that boy is a unit. I didn't realise <laughs> quite how big he was until I saw him standing next to Jurgen Klopp. Um, <laughs> so so it's, it's been very interesting to see, to see him assimilating and sort of being brought into the, the overall squad, which seems to be going quite well. Um, let me start with you this time, Randy. Um, was, that, was that a signing you were happy to see or did you think we had other priorities ahead of another centre-back? No, I was really, really happy about that one because I think actually we were looking at him and what's the other guy that ended up in um, uh, uh, Bayern? Openacamo? Uh, 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 yeah. His name wrong, but I think you know who I mean. But if you're looking at it, I mean, there uh, he this I mean, Konate is much younger and he's got the potential better than the other guy. And we want to... We want to buy young now. We want to have the next generation, if you like, after Virgil and um, whoever, Matip. So I think it was a brilliant business. And if you look at him, as you said, I mean, he's huge. He's tall. He's strong. He's really, really um, quick. And he loves the ball. So um, he, he loves to score a goal as well. I mean, uh, he, he laughs at himself and he says, I, I score more with my feet than my head, which is a bit strange when you're that tall. But he really looks the business. And I really hope you all got to see his shirt reveal in Paris, uh, where he made his little oh, film. God. Yeah. Oh, it was so touching and he was so happy and he's so proud to be with us. And that really, think, I mean, it makes me feel that we've done the right thing you know he loves him yeah. he loves him and you know it's going to be good i um i i was I, you know the everything that i've seen from him um you know he's just made up to to be signing for liverpool um and i think we've seen 
um, and Amy Kate, I'm, I'm sure you've picked up on some of this. He's really into sort of manga and things like this. And he, he seems to post quite a lot of those sort of anime type of things um, to sort of signify his mood and stuff. But, but mm-hmm. everything you've seen, particularly with that, that shirt launch, you know, with all of his friends and they're like letting off like red flares. There was a thing at his house, I think where they all had like Liverpool banners up and they were playing You'll Never Walk Alone as he walked into the garden. Um, (laughs) It was was brilliant. It was really, really lovely um, to see that. But clearly we've had more outs than ins thus far. So so we've lost um, a few fringe players uh, in like Harry Wilson, uh, Gruich, Awoniwi, um, and I suspect there'll be a, a few more. Um, before we talk about, you know, what what other areas we might want to see some signings coming in, um, are there other players that you're expecting to to leave? And if so, who who would you think us kind of next for the exit door? I'm still wondering if Origi is going to stay or if he's going to go. You know, hmm. he's one of those players that. You know, he's he's key key moments and keep 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 um matches he's been brilliant, but you know, does he have a place in the team when we have, you know, the front front three that we have and now you have Ox back and so it's just I don't know, I still think that you know, do they do they hold on to him or do they sell him and make some money to, to you know have money for other other positions that we need or, you know, but you also have to think about, you know, injuries that happened. I mean, our whole defense line was pretty much gone. What do you do? You know, so um, if, if you're, what if that happens to, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't, but if that happens to our front line, you know, who's going to be there? And he'd be, he, he's one of those people in line. So, you know, it's, it's, It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do, but I think he's one of the players that could be on the list. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we have a, a, a phenomenal forward line. Um, you know, we've got, obviously, we've got Salah, we've got Mane, um, we've got Firmino, we've got Jota. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, various, there's various different uh, sort of... I don't know, there's murmurings out around about uh, Firmino in terms of, you know, has he peaked? Is he now kind of on a on a downward? Um, so, so you mentioned um, Oxlade-Chamberlain potentially coming into that, um, I don't know, 10 role, false nine, nine whatever we're supposed yeah. to Whatever you want uh, to call it. <laughs> yeah. Is that something, um, is that something you're you're expecting to to happen do you do you think he can uh, you know play the same type of role as Firmino I mean I, I you know I'm sort of answering my own question I think Firmino is quite a unique type of player but um, right. I'm going to ask you that question anyway I don't think anybody can really play or replace Firmino as Firmino I mean you're right he's such a unique player has he not been as um, pr- prolific as, as he's been in the past? No, but circumstances of this last season have been crazy and just everything that's going on. And, um, you know, it's just, 
the 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 whole you know social media thing loves to make a big deal about it and 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 call them out and you know and it's usually other you know either not real fans or other fans because you know it's easier to 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 break somebody down than to to deal with the truth that you know he is a phenomenal player so um i i'm not worried about um ox taking his place but what i'm worried about is, is ox going to stay fit because he's one of those players that's constantly injured and that happened when he was at arsenal as well so um you know it's great that he's back and when he's there he's brilliant but him and and Matt Tip are constantly injured and and you know these these players that um, constantly you know get injury is is are we done with this or is this something that's going to be um, creeping up in us this this season as well so I wouldn't um, bank on somebody um, that's constantly you know getting injured you know so that that's my concern about Ox is when you know, how long can he be healthy? Yeah. So Molly, let me ask you this question, seeing as we've talked talking about fitness and, and you know, people being able to stay on the pitch. One of the outs that we haven't mentioned is the awesome player that is Ginny Wijnaldum, who we sadly lost and, and it feels very bizarre to me seeing him um in a PSG shirt. <laughs> And, you know, being welcomed by Mbappe and one thing or another. Um, how do we replace Ginny? Uh, talking about, you know, players who just did, you know, do just such a unique job for us. Yeah. Um, and I think if there was obviously absolutely gutted to see Ginny go. Um, yeah. That wasn't <laughs> the nicest. Um However, yeah, I would say if there was one area I'd like to see us strengthen, obviously I think it is the the midfield, um, the the strength in the defence um, already, as well as having all those players back. But that is the the area that I would be concerned with, um, because you know a couple of our key players, you know Henderson, Milner, they don't play every game or game. Um, Shakiri, you know, was rumored to potentially be on the way out. Obviously, Chamberlain, as we've already discussed, we love him to bits. He is relatively injury prone, and so in terms of our kind of solid, consistent midfielders, we've got Fabinho and Thiago, which are incredible players. But again, you know, it is an area I would. <laughs> like to see strengthened um, before the end of the transfer window and I think the fact that I know everything from the club is saying we're not, we're not, we're not but they say that all the time uh, and I don't believe them Um, (laughs) and you know they do do good business and I, I would trust them in the decisions that they make but I can't imagine you know, with the injuries that we've had last season and losing one of our most, you know, integral players in that position, I can't imagine they're not going to strengthen it in any way. But like you say, I don't know how, like, you can't replace Vinaldum. No. I don't think. 
So you, you can't you can't replace Ginny light for light. The other issue we've no. got is um, is the number of homegrown players. Um, so I I think we're we're sort of down. We need we need another homegrown player. I think we're we're sort of at our capacity of foreign players unless we sell somebody and and like you say there were rumors around Shakiri. Um there's also been some rumors around whether we'd um cash in on uh Taki. Um so I, I yeah I you know I don't I don't know and I that is that is a worry for me because you know Shakiri doesn't get many games. He's also slightly injury prone. You say Milner's now 34, 35, whatever it is. Henderson is injury prone. Um, so you can you can see that, you know, we could end up in a kind of mix and match scenario um, in midfield. We've got Curtis Jones, but, you know, he's young and he's learning. And, and we've got Harvey Elliott, who I suspect will get some game time. But again, you can't expect him to play a full Premier League season. I know he did fantastically on loan with Blackburn Rovers, um, but, but I think it would be a mistake to go in expecting that he would be able to, you know, pick up a huge amount of slack this season. So I have to agree with you in terms of the midfield. Um, Amy Kate, coming coming back to your point around a sort of a, a Rigi, so who is who is an enigma wrapped in a riddle? Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, is there anybody that you would like us to see, uh, you know, like to see us even um, go after in terms of a forward player? Um, you know, let's let's assume that you know we're not talking about FSG here, and money's no object. Right. Is there something you'd like to like to see the club bring in? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, if if money wasn't an issue, I mean, would love to have Mbappe, but that's not reality. You know, that's not yeah. like that's just not going to happen. So, um, and and would he fit in our our system? I mean, there's no point in really talking about it. it's never going to happen. But like, I don't know. I just, I guess I've been just kind of more focusing on what we need to replace place well try to replace one other like we've already discussed yeah it's kind of irreplaceable that's that's been my concern um as long as uh as the the forwards stay fit and and there's no injuries because i think we're really really solid there um so i'm not I, I never really thought about that to be honest i don't really have somebody in my in that that we really you know that we must it's it's more of of um like you said we need to get a homegrown player i'm not sure how we're going to do that um but um yeah it's it's more of we need somebody that can can do the job that Wynaldum did that's that's i think our big hole yeah um the other bit the other thing that sort of struck me having watched um a couple of the preseason games um was uh, how impressed I was with um, is it Cade Gordon, the young sixteen-year-old kid, the striker, and mm-hmm. I was really impressed with, and you know, and I sort of welcome all of all of your views on here was his movement and instincts for such a for such a young player, 
in terms of his ability to find space in the box. He sort of seemed drawn to the ball. He was creating chances all the time. He rem- Now, he, you know, he's got to work on his finishing, clearly, and, and the goalie, you know, pulled off a few saves. But um, he reminded me a little bit of of a young Robbie Fowler in terms of his unerring instinct for goal. I don't know... Um, if any of you saw saw his minutes in the preseason games and what you thought of him, um, Randy, let me let me just ask you quickly on that. Yeah, I was also very positively surprised about uh, Gordon. He looks like a mixture, as you said, of uh, one of those old <laughs> uh, guys that was really uh, lethal in front of goal, but also a bit uh, of Gerard, I think. I mean, he's got this vision of the the whole um, uh, field and the way he uh, quickly improvises and the way he handles the ball. I'm only a bit um, scared about pushing him too far and too fast because he's 16 or something. I mean, he's so young, uh, but him and Elliot is going to be so much fun in the future if we manage to hang on to them, because he looks magic, that Gordon. I completely agree with you. Uh, but can I just go slightly back to what you were talking about? Because if we have lost Genie, if we are going to lose Shaq, he looks like he's on his way. He's asked for it. So mm-hmm. he's on his way. So uh, if if uh, Klopp is thinking Keita and Thiago, is going to, together, if they are not injured, be able to um, to fill Genie's boots in a way, uh, we still miss somebody because Shaq is going and we can't rely on a 16-year-old or an 18-year-old maybe, although I, it looks like Elliot is going to be just a, another first-team player this year. So uh, Jones and Elliot, I think we can rely on them and I think he the club shows he does. Uh, but except from that, I would love us to have another player that you could actually put on. And, and maybe that is Tiago and Keita. Mm. I mean, cross fingers. I mean, if they are healthy, they yeah. both are going to be able to do the job that Gina was doing uh, and be a bit more advanced going forward as well. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Cater and 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 that's the thing, you know, when you see him in pre-season and you see what he what he can do. Yeah, he looks good. You just think, oh god, if only if only we could guarantee that he'd be fit for the season. <laughs> I think he could he could be immense for us and he could pick up a lot of that Ginny role, but yeah. you know, we've had we've had two two and a half seasons of just little flashes of brilliance and then you know long periods of him being out with injury so I mean maybe you know fingers I, I, I don't want to you know I don't want to pin my hopes on him which sounds terrible but you know his track record doesn't instill me with confidence mm. um, so I do still think that there is a hole there and one of the things that we didn't um, really also talk about in terms of losing Ginny is the um, interview that he gave um, where and and I know some elements were picked up and I think distorted somewhat in terms of how they were then regurgitated but he did talk about the online um, sort of abuse and trolls and the the sort of um, you know the negative feedback that he got and in, in the interview he made the point 
of saying that you know in the stadium right and with with the i don't know if he used the term real fans but um you know with the fans inside the stadium he felt nothing but love and it was fantastic but you know online um was a was a different matter um, particularly when you know he's trying his best and he was probably one of the you know he was one of the standout players for us last season in a really difficult season where he made himself available for every single game because we were so short on players and so i i'm i'm sort of i'm interested in your views because some of the responses um you know from some of the pundits and you know Jamie Carragher being one of them uh i just thought were were completely ridiculous because they were in effect saying that his they weren't they weren't accepting that his experience was his experience and and it was kind of old you know you just you know will come off social media or pull your big boy pants on or what have you it's kind of missing the point in my view is why is he, why has he got to get over it why aren't why isn't something being you know i think the focus is in the wrong area it's not it's not for the players to have to remove themselves from social media because of the level of abuse surely um molly let me just ask your views on that again i completely agree with you i don't think you can ever dismiss someone's experience because just because you don't agree with it like you can't you can't tell somebody how to feel that's not you just can't and so i think until people and actually people who have voices like Jamie Carragher until they start acknowledging you know important situations then you know and there's been a hell of a lot at the moment about like mental health and bullying and um, you know be kind and, you know, all these pundits would come out and say, well, yeah, we agree with that. You should be kind. You shouldn't, you know, say these things. Da, da, da. But then, yeah, like you say, just dismiss somebody because of their experience. And I don't think when Yaldum was overly critical, at, like, listening to part of the interview, I think he just gave a reflection about how he felt at that time and you have to listen to that now i do think that being a liverpool fan following a lot of liverpool fans speaking to a lot of liverpool fans i was surprised at those comments but i think that's just because i obviously don't follow too many knobs because my understanding was everyone loves Jeannie and Adam. Everyone was gutted that Jeannie went. And the conversations I was having with people was, I'm gutted he's gone. Like, I'm really devastated. That's going to leave a big hole. Can't believe he, he went on the free as well. On top. So, you know, I was surprised just because obviously I was not aware of the kind of hate he was getting. Now I'm sure every athlete gets hate, especially, probably, especially footballers, you know, because you have 
rivals following you and then commenting and and you know there's a lot that's going on there but like you say doesn't mean he shouldn't be on social media doesn't mean he didn't have a bad experience i just think i think comments like that are utterly ridiculous um i think they fuel um i think they probably fuel the trolls i think they probably fuel mental health issues because whether you and sometimes it's the things that we don't like to hear that we should hear but just because you don't like hearing it doesn't mean it didn't happen doesn't mean it's not relevant yeah and i i I think that it's you know it's incumbent upon people um you know in those sorts of positions um to to actually come out and and you know support you know fellow uh, players and and athletes and the irony is um and i'm i'm only picking on it because you know jamie carragher was also um you know front and center in terms of the whole sky campaign about was it stop the hate or whatever it's called so you know there's there's you know a lot of the the broadcasters are doing um you know different things you know it's it's um you know hate won't win on the bbc and it's hope united on bt sport and sky have got their own hashtag and yet a player comes out and says, you know, he's been, you know, he's had all of this abuse online and Carragher turns around and basically sort of says, oh, you know, I'm not having that kind of get over it or, or come off social media. And you kind of go, well, uh, do you actually believe in this campaign or don't you? Because, because I think somebody literally has to kill themselves, hurt themselves or stop doing a sport. And then, then those hashtags kick in. But, you know, it's the, it's all these other things beforehand which potentially lead to those those big actions. Yeah. You can't just target the big actions. You have to go, oh, shit, didn't realise you were feeling that way. Because it's those, it's those little things that, you know, hopefully not, but potentially going to lead to an action where somebody says... I can't do it. I can't be in the public anymore. I can't be on social media anymore. I can't take it anymore. You, you shouldn't, you know, we should be addressing these small things first. Or, I mean, we are people in the spotlight yeah. who are getting likes and tweets and whatever's from these hashtags and these campaigns. Well, you know, step in for the small things as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Amy Kate, you know, one of the obviously the highest profile things and, you know, moving slightly off football here, but um, is recently is obviously Simone Biles. Yeah, um, absolutely. In, in the Olympics. And, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. So I have to say the time difference is killing me here in terms of watching stuff. But um, oh, me too. <laughs> it's the first time it's favoured me in a long yeah. time. <laughs> you finally one benefit <laughs> one hour from japan <laughs> yeah it's honestly it's, i've watched all of it i've watched all of the olympics so far i think i've, I've it, to be fair <laughs> I, i've watched nearly all of it and i'm i'm like a i'm like a walking wreck now <laughs> I've, I've, I've been loving it but but simone biles in terms of because i remember seeing you know i watched that vault 
that she did, which I didn't realise she, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Didn't do what she was supposed to do or what she was supposed to do. Yeah. The commentators were saying, you know, she pulled out and the fact that she actually landed it, didn't fall on her, but didn't injure herself. Um, And then, and then sort of came out and just sort of said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, that must be the scariest feeling in the world to sort of lose yourself in midair and not know if you're up or down or, or how you're going to land. Um, but some of the commentary on the back of oh. that um, has just, it's just sickening. You know, it, we've it got, um, you obviously come over to the UK, so we have a, I'm not even going to name him on here, but there's, <laughs> there's a former editor of, of a tabloid who, oh. who I like, know. Is, is hacking dead children's voicemails who felt able to commentate on, you know, what that what that said about Simone Biles. Um, and yet, it, there's an English cricketer who announced he was taking a break for at least a year from all forms of cricket for his mental health. Literally came out like two days later, not a word from same said commentator about it. And the only difference is one is a woman and one is a man. And he seems to have a particular penchant for, for commenting about uh, the activities of women of colour as well. Exactly. But, but I, 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 find, I find the contrast really, really interesting. Um, you know, the, Sorry, the... Gay, can I just say, he, he did comment on the oh, cricketer. Did he? Because he? he I, that... I... He, I did, don't he didn't so. pull out mid-competition and let his team down mid-competition. Oh, now, I don't condone violence, ladies. <laughs> oh, I do with him. If I, if I ever had a free headbutt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, oh, if I, I ever had a... I'm really angry now. Yeah. <laughs> If I ever got a free shot to the nuts, that's that's the person. Exactly. I was thinking. <laughs> Not sure. I was going anything. right for <laughs> the family jewels. Oh, he's <laughs> such a vile, Locating. vile person. He really oh. is. He's just a he's just a walking ball bag. So, yeah. so the point the point I was going to make was that you know we've we've had uh, we're seeing a, an awful lot more in terms of athletes coming out and talking about it and being a much more open. And, you know, you either believe in the slogans or you don't. So I, I kind of, I, I, I struggle as to why you would look to negate somebody else's experience to try and score a cheap point. And, you know, if and coming back to Ginny, I'm not saying that that was a determining factor in him deciding to leave PSG, uh, leave Liverpool and sign for PSG. Um, you know, as you said, Molly, you know, he talked about a lot of things on that. He's 30 years old, right? He wasn't probably going to get the payday that he wanted, let alone maybe a lot, a lot of us fans might have thought he deserved at Liverpool. Um, and the fact was, you know, it's a short career and he's got to live. I, I, I I bear him no grudge. I wish him all the best in the world, but I am gutted that he's left Liverpool. But he's given us five fantastic years, and you know, and he's he's worked his heart and soul for us. So I don't, you know, I don't see how anybody could not 
wish him the best. To your point, I I I don't think I follow many arseholes either, Molly, on on social media. <laughs> so it's not so much that that I see it, but I see other people commenting on it, mm-hmm. um, who are saying I can't believe you know these people have said this, that, and the other. Um, so it's more that that's where I got the sense that the that you know there was something going on rather than anybody I particularly follow doing it but you know it's a it's a it's a sad thing to see him go and I, I wish him luck with PSG just not in the Champions League um, <laughs> fair enough fair statement <laughs> so um so only fact- so much success <laughs> exactly exactly I mean it's it's a basically a two two team league anyway so whatever um <laughs> but you know he'll he'll be a welcome addition there so Moving on, then we've uh, one of one last things we haven't talked about in terms of you know ins and outs and new players is um, after we'd sort of set this up to talk about it, Liverpool announced that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold has signed a contract extension, Yay! which I think you know, <laughs> is fantastic news to somewhat counteract um, you know losing Ginny. So Randy, um, what say you? about Trent signing on for another few years? Well, I certainly welcome it, of course. I mean, he is like uh, the jewel, I would I would say, in our homegrown player at the moment. And uh, our next Gerard and all that, you know, all those things people have been saying about him for like ages. But it looks like he is, I mean, have you seen him lately? <laughs> the way he's bulked up, the way he looks yeah. so happy. Apparently, he's got a girlfriend. And, I mean, he looks so settled. He looks so much more fit and ready and, and happy. Uh, because he had a little spell last season, didn't he, when he didn't really uh, cover himself in glory. But that was the whole team experience. So, looking at him now and the fact that he got a new contract, and he apparently earns a lot of money. So, he's in, like, the upper league now. Uh, I'm really, really happy about it. So he, whether he's going to stay where he is and just become, or I mean, he is the the best maybe right back in the world already, but or whether he's going to move around, maybe he's going to move into midfield, maybe he's going to end up a winger, I don't know. But he is so, so important for our, um, our football. He's so important for the team and for our identity. So mm-hmm. I'm just very much happy for him. And um, Amy Kate, how do you see him evolving? Do you do you see him sort of remaining at right back, or or you know, to Randy's point, could you see him moving more into maybe a wing back role, or you know, right midfield? Is that something you'd like to see from Trent? You know, I think he actually could do something like that because you know he he's shown that he likes to go forward and. And, um, you know, he's, he scored quite a few goals that you, you wouldn't expect. And I, th- I think it really depends on what the need is and, and how, you know, how he grows and how, how, cause we, we play in a system and Klopp has a system. And so how does that work in the system? You know, it, I, I think, could, could I see it happen? Sure. But and maybe it won't, you know, either way it's welcoming. I'm just really excited to, you know, I've, I've watched this kid, you know, since, what 2016 on preseason seeing you know 66 and I remember thinking god this kid has you know got something and knowing that he's you know 
he's the the local lad and the and the you know scouts are in our team. It's it's we haven't had that in a long time. And you know since Gerard and 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 um, you know Carragher and and Fowler. I mean it's it's we we haven't had that. Now we have two. You know so it's great to see the um, you know the homegrown players and and the local lads back and to to Liverpool is great. So. Um, We'll we'll see. I just know his future's bright, and I'm 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 really really pleased that they've given him another long term contract. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy. Yeah, we've got we've got a few players coming up to sort of the last two years of their contracts now. So um, I, and I think that the mood music that seems to be coming out of the club, um, although they're you know, broadly tight as a drum. So you don't, you know, you don't get any leaks anymore. So most of these, the journalists who are talking about stuff actually don't have any information, which is, right? which is what, <laughs> just making shit up. But um, I, I do think that the, the focus is potentially going to be doing contract extensions with a number of those players like, you know, Van Dyke, like Salah, like Mane, potentially mm-hmm. to sort them tie them down to to longer deals um so we i'm not saying there won't be any other movement because i don't think we can afford not to do that but i suspect it won't be as much as some people might want but then you know i'm saying this having no information (laughs) (laughs) And, and michael edwards being the goat in terms of transfer business so you know, who knows what rabbits he's going to pull out of his hat, like before the before the end of August. Um, but but I'm I I suppose he's he's managed my expectations. I'm not expecting very much. Um, and and you know, and Klopp, you know, Klopp does wonders with with the squad that he's got, and it's just so good to see so many of them getting a full preseason. And I think uh, Thiago and uh, Henderson. Um, and uh, is it Allison? I think they're the last three back. Um, so I, I was, I think, I'm not sure if Fabinho's back. So maybe the Brazilians, because some of them went to the Olympics. The Brazilians uh, are the, back as of today. Africa. Today, today, yes. the Brazilians are back. All three. Yeah. So, so they were in the Copper uh, America. Uh, yes. Well, so, um, so yeah. So the Brazilians are back. So that's fantastic. Uh, lovely to see them. Um, and so you're on that very note that the Brazilians are back. So so we're obviously in pre-season. I think we've moved from Austria to Evian now in France. Um, and so, you know, the, we step it up again. Um, we've got a couple of pre-season friendlies at Anfield. Um, I'm sure you've picked up on that. Uh, mm-hmm. One against Atletico Bilbao. A one against Osasuna, which is um, it's a lovely touch because that was uh, Michael Robinson's last club, I think, in Spain, and obviously he died um, in the last twelve months, which is uh, very sad. So, mm-hmm. so that would be a lovely thing. Um, however, we open our account for the Premier League um, away to Norwich, um, so it's it's you could argue it's like the opening game of our title winning season except it's away rather than home um so uh amy kate let me start with you then so what are you thinking norwich away don't underestimate them 
you know, they've historically been one of those teams that I think we take um, for granted or just don't come out as strong. And um, they they do have the potential to, to you know, really, really uh, get us, you know, put us on our toes. And I remember, I don't remember what season it was. It was probably like 2015-ish. We ended up winning the game against Norwich, you know, five to four. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, that was the most stressful, stressful game. I mean, obviously, I'm still talking about it now, you know, five years later. It's just, I I want to see them, you know, I, I get first, a lot of the guys are just coming back and, 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 um, and settling in, but I really want to, I, I want them to be, you know, on their game and, and not take this as uh, it's a lower, lower team. It's not, you know, we, we need to be ready for Chelsea, you know, in three weeks from top, from there. Um, they need to treat it like they're, it's a top flight and, and they could potentially, um, you know, have our number. So um, be aware and be ready and, I think we could do it. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I just want us to be on our game. You know that. That's what I want to make yeah. sure as we come out. I mean, what you know, the the thing is for for Norwich, it's a free hit. Um, it's their first home game of the season, and obviously they've come straight back up after being um, relegated the season before mm-hmm. last. Um, so you know they they're you know they'll be right they'll be right up for it and yeah they have something pretty, to prove it's pretty much the you know with a couple of exceptions the same team that they had um when when they went down so so they'll also be very familiar with each other mm-hmm. um we then move on to our first home game of the season so randy we face the the might of the of Sean Dyche is at this time Burnley. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if he's going to be manager somewhere else in between times, but um, it's one of those, you know, again, it's one of those tricky opening games, albeit, you know, I, I expect us to have enough firepower, but, you know, Burnley are always a a difficult opponent just because of their style of pay, play. So, um what are you expecting from the from the Burnley game? Well, I'm expecting that we have shaken off our last year bad home record <laughs> feeling. And mm-hmm. I also expect that because it's our first game back at Anfield, uh, it's going to be uh, the fans uh, carrying our players into a lovely win. So my predictions are 2-0, uh, Jota and Zala, and we are going to be lifted by the uh, fans, and we are going to be lifted by the fact that, well, let's do it different this season. So I really, really hope and expect, actually, that we pretend Burnley is not Burnley anymore and we can do whatever we want to them. <laughs> so and let's what, hope that. And a, and a prediction as well. I'm, I'm very impressed. Randy. <laughs> you will come above and beyond here. <laughs> <laughs> so Molly, um we move on from uh Burnley. So the following weekend we play Chelsea. 
who obviously now are two-time Champions League winners. It pains me to say that, but that was better than Man City winning. So, you know, you take things <laughs> where you can. Um, so uh, what what are we expecting? You know, Tuchel did a, you know, a pretty good job with a, you know, let's, let's face it, you know, old fat Frank spent a lot of money on a lot of pretty decent players. So it wasn't like he was, you know, walking into, you know, the cupboard is bare, but he did a pretty decent job with a, with a talented squad. I would say, what are you, what are you thinking for our second home game? I think we're going to win. I think we've got big verge. We're going to have Virgil at the back. So we're not going to concede. And we're probably going to have some superstar bargain, Michael Edwards. And we'll win. <laughs> Don't ask I me love the it. morning off because I probably won't be that confident. <laughs> but while it's weeks away. <laughs> yeah, while it's weeks away. <laughs> well, no, that sounds good. That sounds that sounds good. Um, I like that. It's a good plan. And, and it's, a, it's a very <laughs> it's a it's an extremely good plan. Um, and. <laughs> Any plan that involves the feet in Chelsea always always gets my vote. So, <laughs> I uh, love it. yeah, there's just something deeply unpleasant about the whole club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so so that's that's kind of the August fixtures, and then we go into the international break. So, uh, which of course we all love. Um, <laughs> then you know September is going to be an interesting month. You know we've got. Uh, you know, we've got Leeds, we've got Crystal Palace, we've got Brentford away, um, and we've also got the uh, our first two Champions League match days, um, obviously depending on the draw, which will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So plenty to look forward to as the sort of season gets underway. Plus, um, as we said, fans back at Anfield uh, properly for the first time since, you know, March 20. 20 um so i'm i'm delighted that the, the fact that i potentially get to go back to anfield and and cheer the team on um just on on the point of just general predictions now um as we sort of come to the end of this and move into any other business so quick quick fire i'm going to ask for your top four i'm not going to ask for your relegation at this point it's too too early to tell but i'm going to ask what you think the top four teams are going to be at the end of the season um and we may well come back to this some months down the line so um randy let's start with you who are you calling as your top four at the end of this season uh that would be uh liverpool uh city Chelsea yep. and Man United, um, unfortunately. Okay. Amy I don't know Kate. what order. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're not saying that's one, two, three, four. You're just saying those will be the top four teams. Well, of course, we will be on top. Okay. The rest, right. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Who's your top? You know what? I'm I'm gonna have to agree with her. That's exactly who I was thinking. Um, the the uh, the top four just it's it's kind of you just kind of look at it and you're like you know seeing seeing the strengths of you know 
City and oh, I can't even believe I say this, but United's you know coming back up there, unfortunately. Um, and and Chelsea now Chelsea needs are still looking for a striker, but if they find the right striker, they could be pretty dangerous. So um, though they did quite all right, you know, to to win another Champions League. So you know that's a whole other thing. But I I, I agree with with Randy that same same top four. Okay. Molly, you're going to diverge from the from the that view. Unfortunately, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, but I think yeah, I think the I think the way the other teams have been strengthening, I'm not yeah. sure. You know, your Leicesters and and stuff are really going to be able to break the top four this season. I'd yeah. like them to, but I'm not that- sure. You, you that don't would probably be the only one that you would say. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. <laughs> oh, well, I was saying think... that, that that Leicester's probably the only one that maybe could slip in there. Somebody, one one of our top four, not us, of course, would um, go out and and Leicester would go in. That that would, you know, if you said top five, I'd, I would have put Leicester in there. But that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, we um. You know, I I think it's a safe bet. Um, <laughs> saying it's wrong, um, I think I think I think logic would would you would conclude um, the thing. And it's interesting. Nobody said Spurs or Arsenal um, or um, Everton. Um, and I, yeah. I'm moving to um, any other business. Um, and let let me start with um, Rafa Benitez as Everton manager. Um, is a is a is an interesting one. Now, personally, I don't have an issue with it. Um, you know, he's he's made his life on Merseyside. His family is incredibly settled. Um, he's you know he's done fantastic things for the city of Liverpool through their foundation. Um, and you know what? This gives him a chance to go home every night. So, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be my ideal. But I'm not going to begrudge him that um the fact that it's boiling so many blue noses piss you know is a, <laughs> is a bonus um, but but molly let me let me start with you what you know you you obviously live with an evertonian so i'm sort of interested in in a sort of you know a kind of more sensible view perhaps but also more yeah. generally what your thoughts are he thinks it's fantastic Genuinely, and before Everton got Ancelotti last time, Benitez's name was in the pot, and Jack was saying then, I'd love to get Benitez, I think he's exactly what Everton need. So he's made up, um, and I mean, my uncle, who is another very, you know, you know, blue season ticket holder, again, he's absolutely buzzing as well. So I think it's one of those things like maybe we're not you know privy to the we're seeing the trolls if you like rather than the you know core fan base you know like we were saying about Mbwinyaldum but again like Jack has made up absolutely made up when Benitez was announced and part of it was because he was raving when Ancelotti left like (laughs) are you messing (laughs) like you've done half a job and you're fucked up but the fact, <laughs> the fact that 
that Benitez is so happy on Merseyside, I think, makes you know him feel this is a long-term thing. He's going to put everything into this because he wants to stay on Liverpool. He's yeah. not going to get the Liverpool job again. So no. this is like he's going to stay here because he re- he wants to be in Liverpool. Um, and and so like he's he's made up. So, yeah. <laughs> and I am as well because I think I like Benitez. I think it's going to be really funny when he gets a really good reception at Anfield. Yeah, um, I think he's going to be a <laughs> Yeah, major lols. <laughs> I'm happy because he seems like such a he's such a nice man. Like, yeah, it's nice when nice things happen to these people. It's yeah. yeah. really boring, but like. You know what I mean? I think this makes him really happy, and I'm happy that he's happy. I hope he's yeah. not that successful. Secretly, no. <laughs> want him to be I'm particularly glad he's happy. <laughs> we, want, we want him to be successful enough for them that he stays there. Yeah, but... I did a silverware, but not big. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Essay in a push. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. You know, let's not get get carried away. Let's <laughs> get <laughs> too excited. <laughs> so, uh, Randy, what 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 do you think about Rafa wearing the blue of ever? I still, you know, a bit like seeing Ginny in a PSG shirt. It's bizarre to see. Says <laughs> in a, a press conference with like a you know an Everton shirt or scarf or hat on or whatever it is. It looks like, uh, you know, when you you see that picture of him in that blue, you think, well, have I got an eye disease or something? Because it's, it doesn't really fit, you know. It, yeah. It's something wrong with the colours on the telly. What what the fuck is wrong here? Uh, so it, it feels wrong initially. But then, as you say, Molly, I love the guy. You know, I wish him well. I wish him everything he wants. Although I don't. I'm not going to be happy when they're going to win things, if they're going to win things. But uh, as long as he leaves us alone, you know, they can have their little cups or whatever. And um, as you said, I want him to be happy, but not too happy, uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. And, and Amy, Kate, final word on Rafa in Everton Blue? I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. <laughs> you know, um, It'll be interesting to see what reception he gets at Anfield, and and um, I I don't um, really have any I don't have anything negative to say. I just it, it's just kind of it's I'm still it's strange to me. I mean, for someone who's so Liverpool through and through, and 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 such a big thing about the '96, and um, or I'd like to address the the '97 in in a minute, but um, but. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around it. Like, are you really doing it because you want to be home, or is it about the money? Like, I I, I don't know. I'm still kind of torn about that, and I think I'll see how I feel later. Um, I'm I'm not really bothered too much, but I I find it kind of strange. I I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. But um, I don't know. I also wanted you know for any other business, I wanted to kind of acknowledge um Andrew um. We just lost, you know, another, uh, you know, um, person from from the disaster and Hillsborough disaster, and it's just such a sad 
sad thing and and it's really kind of hard to wrap your head around the fact that there's now 97 you know it took a long time but um you know and I wasn't really that aware of you know I'm learning a lot about about him and and what he went through and Mm -hmm. what his family went through um I think because everybody's so focused on who we lost but he he was kind of lost to his family and in his own body and it's heartbreaking you know um and I I, I'm so you know so it's it just bothers me so much to know that this that that the, the way this goes down that you know they're they rule it unlawfully killing you know um but yet everybody gets off and it's just where's the justice and we're still still you know it's it's the this horror that just won't go away and you know when they're when they're finally trying to you know put their lives back together and kind of move on this happens you know and i i I just my heart goes out to the family and 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 all the others you know, families that lost somebody, and it's just, it's just really heartbreaking. It, it really is, and, and also what, what I thought was really sort of contemptible was, um, because we haven't, you know, we haven't spoken for a fair few weeks, so obviously in the intervening period, there was the Euros that went mm-hmm. on, um, and obviously England got to the final, and, uh, you know, the England fans, and I'll use the term loosely, um, oh, yeah, so in glory um, on the on the day and night of the final, uh, you know, smashing up Leicester Square, fighting each other, you know, um, running into, you know, Wembley, breaking down barriers, fighting with stewards, etc., etc., etc. And then the commentary that came out in terms of, you know, the the behaviour of those fans started linking to Hillsborough. And, um, you know, and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, have been called out on it. But I also want to make the point on this podcast, it's got absolutely nothing to do with Hillsborough and the behaviour of those so-called England fans um, was nothing like what happened at Hillsborough. It has been proved time and time and time again that the fans were not to blame and there mm-hmm. was no bad behavior by fans at Hillsborough it was exactly it was the competence and it was the 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 lying and the the cover-up by the police and the various other people that were to blame for what happened to those 97 um fans at Hillsborough and for for some people to try and go well you know you know look what happened you know you it's it's as bad as Hillsborough it's got it's fuck all to do with Hillsborough what it is is a bunch of morons who can't control themselves after lockdown and who just want to fight each other because that's just what they do because they get a buzz from it so um so sorry I've gone off on a slight rant but they make me fucking sick frankly and I'm and yeah, I, I agree like, and don't get me wrong you know Italy don't exactly have you know, a clean track record when it comes to this, but on the basis of that, I was I was delighted to see Italy win. Um, the one thing I do want to say, just on the the England team, though, um, I'm not an England, uh, you know, I don't follow England football, but I have to say I thought the team and the squad um, 
I thought they did themselves proud. And I thought I thought they were a credit to the country in terms of their focus on social justice and the issues. And, and I thought they, um, you know, I, I thought they they kind of stood tall in front of, a you know, in the face of a load of shit being thrown at them that was completely undeserved. And, and the, you know, these same fans booing the knee, despite the fact that they know exactly what it's about. And they're banging on a, you know, about Marxist and this, that, and the other. Most of them can't even spell Marxist, right? And then putting uh, exactly. <laughs> the country's national anthems, everything. They're a fucking disgrace. So anyway, moving on because I don't give a shit about England football. Um, <laughs> but thank you for for um, for raising the 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 loss of the 97th victim of of Hillsborough, Amy Kate. Um, it is a it is a terrible tragedy that just seems to keep on giving sadly yeah. Yeah. um randy any other business from you uh yeah i was thinking a bit about the new rules uh, regarding tickets because you said it's something it is a change there isn't it you can share your tickets with friends your, your season ticket with friends and stuff yeah. could you talk about that a bit well please? so I'll, t- I'll tell you what i understand right <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> As a season ticket holder, um, or I, I think it's predominantly season ticket holders rather than members, but I may not be 100% correct on that. But certainly as a season ticket holder, I can have uh, a minimum of 20 friends and family added to my season ticket. So if I can't go um, and I don't want to give the, the ticket back to the club through ticket exchange for example then it can be offered to, to any one of those and it's somewhat of a free hit this season as I understand it they're sort of trialing a load of different things including NFC technology for you know you can download a digital version of your season ticket as opposed to having you know the actual card and putting it through the, the you know the the turnstiles in the old way mm-hmm. so they're trying they're trialing a lot of things but particularly on the um access to tickets um because we don't know um exactly what might happen with covid throughout the season they have put some other changes in which i think are sort of less uh welcome which are around um if if there is a reduction in capacity um, and they've already like allocated the tickets, then potentially they'll do a sort of ballot system. Mm-hmm. So you may end up that um, you've you think you've got a ticket, and then you find out you haven't got a ticket. But if a friends and family take it, I don't think uh, you you won't get the credit. So there's a few there's a few little wrinkles in there, and I'm still reading through all the rules but but the sort of main thing is that you can have a bigger group to be able to share that ticket around um if you're unable to go for i don't know health or or work or or other reasons so that's my understanding i don't know uh, you know um i know molly you're taking a season ticket holiday this season and clearly comedian from beijing is not (laughs) Um, so i don't know if you've picked up anything else but that that's what i've picked up thus far but it sounds like a good idea i would say 
And I know they've I had, think had things to like it. I mean, Arsenal have uh, had this thing for years, I think. So you are in the list and you are a friend. So instead of people uh, um, pretending to be somebody else, you can actually be yourself using somebody else's ticket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm but... curious on how it's going to work for someone like me who would get it through um, our OLSC, our official Liverpool supporters club. Um, they're just starting to roll that out. And, you know, I'm planning on, if all goes well, to be back in England for Christmas and New Year's and yeah. hopefully be able to come to, to Liverpool to watch them play. But I don't know, you know, now, how am I going to get a ticket? It, it's, it's, um, it's not like it was. So it, 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 I've got to figure yeah. out, I and mean, I've got time, but I've got to figure out how do we do this, you know, because um, it's not um, the way it used to be. And you definitely aren't going to be passing cards around like people used to do. Because, no. if you know, my very first match, um, you know, gosh, uh, eight years ago, 2013 was the very first time I finally, I've been a Liverpool supporter since um, Stevie's first year, uh, 98. But I didn't get to Anfield until 2013. And the way I was able to do it is, I ended up um, having a friend in Liverpool who talked to all his friends and got me one of their cards. And, you know, you, um, so that's how I did. This is before the, the OLSCs and all these things. Um, yeah. You know, um, but, but, but wouldn't now, that be in the same it? now? It's just that now it was legal. <laughs> because, well, if you got a card from somebody else, I mean, I'd pretended to be a Chinese man. You know, that was a really strange feeling. Uh, <laughs> right? And my dad. I know. I know. Where, weren't you my dad one week, Randy? I was. I felt very uh, <laughs> and responsible. Uh, the thing is, now I could do the same, but I could do it with uh, legal, you know, uh, yeah, legally. Right. Right. Uh, so I think I think that's uh, so I think that helps certainly for this season. I don't know what's going to happen in future seasons. That's that's part of the the issue. The other the other thing is that um, I think it's um, I, I don't know what will happen with official supporters clubs. I'm presuming they'll have to make some sort of accommodation because you know. Uh, subject to travel restrictions you're still going to have people traveling up from official liverpool supporters clubs to to, to yeah. game so mm -hmm. I, I don't know what that's going to look like and maybe on a future pod we can we can spend a little bit more time you know mm -hmm. sort of looking at kind of you know the ticketing and the the various different things because it you know it does exercise people greatly for uh, you know for a number of different reasons and you know each group you know, has has got its own vested interests, whether it's season ticket holders, whether it's members, whether it's disabled supporters, whether yeah. it's international supporters, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, young young adults, you know, mm. family, family tickets or everything. There's, you know, you're never going to be able to make everybody happy, I don't think, you know, whether it's about getting away tickets, whether it's about Europeans, you know, and on and on and on it goes. So, um so we will we'll come back to this one, I think, but um, very conscious of the time. So, so Molly, I'm going to move on and ask if you've got any other business that you'd like to throw into the pot. Um, I heard a few, but we've discussed all of them. So my last one was um, 
uh, and I have no affiliation with this uh, Twitter group at all, but I've just been following it quite closely recently. Okay. Um, so just to try and end on a bit of positive, it's like you, you may you've probably heard of it. It's called At Hair Game Two, and it's just quite and it kind of calls out sexism within football. Um, it is for female football fans, and it's just quite a nice, safe space online, which I don't think there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, but and it's just really kind of it's very supportive. People follow like the hashtag as well, so people post pictures themselves at the match. Obviously, kind of like women. Yeah. There's been a lot of support today for Alex Scott. Obviously, yeah. um, she got some kind of classist. Oh, yeah. so it's just you know, honestly, after this podcast, I feel like leading the revolution. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right behind you, Molly. I'm um, waving flag, carrying a gun. You just tell me what you want me to do. Go, go. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not in China. I'll wait till I come back. <laughs> <laughs> but we... yeah, or else you won't come back. So be careful. <laughs> but it's it's uh, yeah. So at hair game two or hashtag hair game two, and again. Yes, okay. you know, looking at kind of our, our followers and things you have a lot of and obviously being a female football podcast it's just a nice it's probably one of the last nice internet spaces <laughs> that there is really calls out sexism and kind of celebrates uh, women in football and female football supporters marvelous well thank you for that that is a very positive note <laughs> yeah. fit- and I will make a point of uh, looking it up on social media. Mm-hmm. So um, so with that, I am going to uh, call a halt to this uh, first pod, anticipating a new season. But it's been brilliant to have all the girls back together, uh, or the ladies, I should say. Um, so thank <laughs> you, Amy Kate. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Randy. It's been brilliant talking to you again. Um, thank you, listeners. It's great to be back. Um, and we'll be doing it all again very soon. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.